is not, a lot of people think that just because God is powerful and great, he must create equality. No. Everybody must not have the same thing. Diversity is the beauty of community. My friend, God bless you. God bless you. Huh? God bless you. God bless you. Acts chapter 4. The, you know, where it was talking about the church, how they apply this in the social welfare of the church. You will see that what happened is that certain people who were wealthy sold some of the things that they had. Some sold lands. Some sold houses. Some liquidated some other assets and brought to the church. See what they did. Neither was there any among them that lacked. The practice of social justice in the church. Why? Those that were possessors of lands and houses sold them. It doesn't mean you sell everything because if they sell them, they will also join welfare. If you sell everything, then you are ruthless. Then you, you come back. No, but you have 10 lands, you have two houses, you have three houses. See, when Jesus addresses himself, he said, when you have more, make some of them available so that the people who are in the valley, you are a mountain, who don't have anything can be leveled up. It's not to make them mountain, no. It's to give them the same level ground so that they can now start from there to grow. You do it with education. You do it with human capital development. You do it by making certain type of resources available. You do it by giving everybody access to opportunities. Access is the key word when you are dealing with equity. It's not sharing goods Equally, everybody must have the same amount of money. No, you destroy society if you do that. Basic assets. So it's unjust for a child to be getting uh, Harvard education, getting private education, and some other children are not getting education at all. So public school should be made as attractive, and they will have teachers, have mass teachers, so that all kids you have access to education is not special, whatever. It should be made human right, part of the human right in every society. Don't tell me that you have done something as government when there is a child that is out there in your state or in your country that is not being educated. Over 40 million kids, you give birth to them, you drop them in the streets. At the end of the day, they are the problem of the whole country. And this does not mean that everybody should now go and sit in university class. No. Inside the market, there will be some systems created now, like we are providing wage here. So all those kids that come in there, they can go and learn trade in the morning and go to school in the evening. Or go and go to school in the evening and come and learn trade. Then you have balance. They will come out with two degrees. They are coming out with entrepreneurial skill and they are coming out with academic knowledge. It can be right inside the market. 
Just like we can take and merge schools to all those whatever and create opportunity for these young people and take them out of poverty and create an equitable society and then you can crush this issue of crime and violence and all of this. A man that is not educated is like a handicapped man, like a man in the wheelchair, like a man that is blind, like a man that is deaf. You have just created an incapacitated human being. You must give a human being either formal or informal education if you want him to succeed. It's called human capital development. There was not any among them that lacked. For those who were rich among them, sold some of their properties. And yes, verse 35, and laid them at the apostles' feet. The social welfare program in the church said distribution was made to every man according as he had what? Equity is based on the understanding that our needs are different. Our advantages are different and our disadvantages are different. So it's from there you develop programs to create social justice. When you go to a community, you want to do social projects for them, you start by doing needs assessments to find out where people are, where the community is. What do they really need? And you have to engage them in the process because they are the ones wearing the shoe. It's like buying shoe. I want to buy shoe for all these men in the front row. I just assume whatever size and buy size 45. You start by engaging the people. What's your size, sir? What size of shoe do you wear? He said 41. Okay, you take note. What size do you wear? 45. You take note. What size do you wear? 43. You take note. What size do you wear? 38. Hey, that is small though. But you take note. There is everybody's size in the market. There is enough resource for every man's need. But you don't have enough resource for every man's greed. That's how the kingdom of God operates. You do need assessment. So you go to the community, engage the community leaders, engage maybe some of their leaders, engage the people. And after interacting, you see what is going on. Okay, you were planning borehole. Now you kind of realize it's not borehole that they need. It's mosquito nets. It's health. That's a big problem here. Maternal mortality. Women are dying in childbirth because what they actually need here is a good health center. Oh, they even have a health center. You are planning to build them one. The problem is they don't have doctors. Oh, you are planning to bring a hospital here. They don't need that. They have to. What they don't have is good schools. Okay, you have planned to come and build school. They even have the schools. They don't have teachers. If you see, one teacher is teaching math, science, 
arts, everything, and he's teaching OP, and students are failing every year in there. You do need assessment. Don't sit in your house and know what I need. Engage. And then the beauty of engagement is that you now give people ownership of the process of changing their own destiny. They get involved. So if it is borehole, when we finish doing it, they take ownership of it. They will not allow it. Because if you come and just do it for them and vanish, when it spoils, they will be waiting for you to come again. That is the challenge with all these donor agencies coming from different countries trying to help Africa. Africa is getting poorer with all of this. I can tell you something that breaks the heart. You finish helping somebody because you are trying to get him out of problem. You come back a year after he's in a deeper hole than where you met him. There are places you go. You find out that the human beings needs their mind, mindset change more than whatever you change you are trying to give them. And you don't address this limiting mindset, throw in as much money as you like. Is they, their life is like bottomless pits. So you might provide one or two incentives of welfare as a way to draw them to come for capacity building. If you don't pass them through certain processes, certain developmental processes, your empowerment program falls flat. So development comes before empowerment. If you follow the training to the third level, then you can have access to the forms. But if you don't go through the training, mm -mm. the administration of social justice starts with the needs, the understanding of the needs, the assessment and understanding of the needs of the people you are dealing with. Don't put everybody in the same. And that's one of the challenges with church. Service like this, we just come, is like general assembly in a school. That morning assembly in a school. Everybody just sings him, stand up, stand up for Jesus. And they do that, the principal and the teachers give that. Then, and that's where it ends. So maybe it's 30 minutes or one hour or whatever. You now send them to classes based on where they are. Some class one, some class three, some senior classes, some graduating classes. You don't put everybody in the same thing. So Sunday service is just our general assembly. It's Monday to Saturday. Some need deliverance school. Because where they are now, there are evil spirits troubling them. And discipleship does not work without deliverance. If you jump deliverance and you have demonic problem, you go to DLI. When you finish, you will come back because it won't solve your problem. You go to DLI to acquire knowledge when you are in chains. It's like you're telling a blind man to read books. You have to open his eyes or give him reading aids. Then he can now go graduate to the next stage. It's like telling a crippled man to run. So within the week, you know where you are. The basics of Christianity, you have not understood. So when you come to church and the pastors are moving at some, some frequency, teaching some of those hyper whatever, no, everybody's not in PhD class. There are some things I know, if I carry them into some of these services, you will be lost. 
they need to go to foundation school. Other people need to go to maturity school or some of them need to go to discipleship school. There are those that now need to come to leadership programs. There are those that need this. Okay, this man came out jobless and other. They need to be in a vocational training program or this other training program. These are the things that happen within the week. And those that are empowered, it's not just about selling land and selling houses to come and make it available. You have professional skills. You have certain types of empowerment. You bring it once every week to make it available, to use those your banking knowledge to provide training for brethren. You develop courses. These are courses that will help balance the equation for these people that don't have jobs. Because it's not just that they don't have jobs. Many of them don't have employability skills. So somebody employs them. He has employed trouble. So some of you now professionals, you come up, put to, you consult with other professionals, you come up with this training skills, it's career development uh, course. Saturdays, you come and run it. Another group, you come up with an entrepreneurship course. Another group with vocational skills. That is how the ones that are empowered by God, that has been helped by God, are using all those wealth. The wealth is not only money. You don't have to sell any house. But you can help a lot of people get out of poverty. You bring that power down and use it. You don't charge them. Some of us that are attorneys and lawyers and all that. The same skills you are using. Charging and making money to earn a living. You bring it out once a week to use it to do advocacy for the voiceless for the defenseless, for widows, for orphans. This is administration now of justice. Administration of it. That is why God gave us power. That's why you are in that office. You use that into run training and make certain things available to the brethren, creating injustice in the name of practicing equality. Take note of that. Number two, is if you ever reinforces a sense of entitlement in people, you have done the more damage than the original problem that they The teaching of social justice is not to create entitlement mentality. You now take that somebody owes you, somebody worked to earn his money, he doesn't owe you anything. It is acts of compassion and charity. When they do it, you should say thank you and be grateful and not start demanding it as a right. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10. Watch how God is doing the balancing work. Because equity is about balancing. For even when we were with you, this is the commandment we gave you. If anyone will not walk, what happened? Let him not eat. Neither should he eat. So in other words, in getting people out of poverty, what we should seek to do is to create access to the skills, education, and the knowledge they need to get good jobs and create access to employment. But if somebody is not willing to work, in other words, let me give you an example. If you meet somebody that is poor, hmm? Maybe you're a CEO or something. 
you might dash him money for the first time to be able to get his attention. Then you look for a way to reprogram his mind and expose him to training that will help him come out of poverty. The important thing is starting somewhere and now growing. It's not about becoming a mountain at the beginning. Everybody cannot be. And even when we are mountains, there will be different heights. Create access. Or you look into your personal world. I need a driver. So I'm going to send you to a driving school. I'll be giving you this moment, but you need to complete this driving school. I want you to come and help us here. If you create opportunity and somebody does not want to be responsible, get him off. Welfare is not to reinforce poverty or reinforce entitlement. No, it's to create opportunity for people to begin to maximize their destiny. You create access to education. Then you also work on the mind. And the guy does not want to get training. You don't want the former one. Okay, get the informal one. He doesn't want. Remove him out of the program. Now, we command you, brethren, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you withdraw. Did you see that word? Whether it is association or for helping, withdraw from any man, any brother that walked disorderly, not following the tradition that we have, you have received from us. Look at what the standard the apostles set. Look at the next verse, 7. For you yourself know how you ought to follow us, for we behave not ourselves disorderly among you. Neither did we eat any man's bread for nothing. You want to take something from somebody, give him value in exchange. That's how to make money. You can tell when you have started being crooked or when you have started playing unjust game or obtaining wealth by unjust means because there is no value you are giving in exchange. For you yourself know how you ought to follow us for we behave not ourselves disorder. This disorderly behavior is not working. Not being engaged, not earning a, a living. Now, among you, verse, verse, verse 8, neither did we eat any man's bread for naught, but wrought with labor, traveled day and night, that we might not be chargeable to any of you. Verse, this Paul set an example for the whole church. He even got job, even while he was preaching. So Paul said, even though that we are working, is it, is it because we, don't, we do not have power, but we wanted to make ourselves an example to you to follow? Verse 10. For even when we were with you, this is what we commanded you, that if anyone will not walk, neither should he eat. Verse 11. For we hear that there are some of you that walk disorderly, not walking at all. Do you see what he called disorderly behavior in the church? Not walking at all, but they are busybodies. And these are the ones that, you know, especially the females, when they don't have anything they are doing, they are the ones that go around visiting people, gossiping. Instead of using it to do evangelism, to do follow-up, is gossip. They are the ones that know who did that, who didn't do that. All the latest evil gist in the church. Bible says, watch such people, stay away from them, busybodies. Verse 12. Now, them that are such, we command and exhort by our Lord Jesus Christ, that with quietness, let them walk and eat their own bread. People that are behaving like that, go and get something doing. 
It might not be the job of your dream yet, but start somewhere and you can grow to anywhere you want to be. There is dignity in labor. Verse 13. But brethren, be not weary in well-doing. So when it comes to helping each other, don't stop because some people are misbehaving. When it comes to charity and order, you don't stop because there are some people trying to take advantage of the system. You see how you balance the two ends. What did we not see? If you want to look at human beings who work disorderly, who want to take advantage of the system, you just stop being compassionate. When they find out that you are a kind person, they want to. You see a man that's carrying a lot of loads because he wants to be a compassionate person and help others. So what you do, you have your bag. You say, ah, our guy is very good or you add your own. What happened to your hand? Be careful that you understand the equity. Don't let people take advantage of you. It happens. In the workplace, you are the type that always like to help your colleagues. Sometimes you do your own work, you finish, you help them. They start now dumping on you. That's injustice. It's about equity, justice. Don't let people take advantage of you. You can see God, who is merciful and gracious, is also just. You can't take advantage of I just read it for you. Don't be deluded. You think God is no more. You cannot cheat him. Be not wary in well doing. Because the truth is, I have been there. Sometimes it can be tiring. And there is a secret to this thing. Don't do it alone. You might start it alone. Start recruiting other people to join you in that crusade. You want to be going out to take out prostitutes on the street. You want to help homeless children. The human needs are endless. You are not supposed to solve all the problems. There is a, a type of problem or situation in society that God has given you concern and burden for. Check the one he gave you passion and burden for. And sometimes how he does that is by exposing you to environment where such things can get close. This is why I teach that you should never waste your sufferings. Do you know why God permitted you to be the one to go through that problem you went through? Once you find yourself like Jesus saying, why me? Why have you forsaken me? Why, why is it me that is going to do? Why, why, why? Once you can get to that point where you are crying, why? Make sure you get to the point where you find the answer. The reason why you are in that problem is that there are millions going through it. God wants to develop a person of compassion out of you. There are three things you need to become an agent of deliverance. One is power. Power is needed because there are some type of injustice and oppression that are systemic, that are entrenched. You need power to address them. There are many laws and changes that have happened that did not start from those in authority. Or you seek to win an election and go to the House of Assembly where the laws are being made, so that you can help to make the changes. It might not be lawmaking that is the problem. It might be enforcement. That's why some people want to go and study law. Or go and become a judge. 
But you see, I'm just addressing political justice. What about economic justice? That's why some of you want to create companies and help to create jobs. That's why some of you need to make some more money and give away some of the excesses in a foundation to help solve the problem of poverty. When God blesses you with more and promotes you economically, it's not always so that you can expand your expenses. It's so that you can expand your ability to do more good. What we do is we move into bigger houses, buy bigger cars, start traveling to all the countries we have never been to, but we never expand our giving responsibilities. At the beginning, every believer is supposed to give 10% of his money towards God's work, the kingdom of God, 10% towards charity, 10% towards savings. And then it's called the 30-70 principle. It's 10%. You pay your God that gives you all of the resources, including your brain, life, everything. 10%, you pay yourself savings. 10%, you put it for good works. This is ABCD of Christian stewardship. A Christian who wants to use his resources well, this is the starting point. Then 70% is what you spend. Then now, but as God blesses you, enlarges you, you don't keep expanding the 70. What you do is that you expand your ability to give to God. You expand your saving capacity. Your savings must not remain 10 you get to a point where you are even saving up to 25%, saving up to, so you can do big things. Then you move to a point where you are giving, your ability to do good works has grown. And that you are decreasing your expenses. God is not always giving you more so you can buy more drops and be lavishing it in fashion. Yes, your quality of life should improve but your quality of impact on the world and on society should improve. And your quality of impact in the kingdom of God should improve. You might start out by one child. I help one child with school fees every year. Take one child, give access to education. Next year, I have grown to five. Third year, they are now 20. In the next five years, oh, we are now dealing with 100 kids. One more thing I will advise you is, you see, having compassion is not enough. You need it. You need to add wisdom to it. Make sure that you mobilize other people to join you. This thing is like pulling people out of the well. A lot of people are falling into the well 30 feet deep. And you are the person of compassion. You come, you lower a rope. The problem with people in need is that they don't understand that the man that is helping is also in need. For example, when I brought the first person out, he should join me now to be pulling others up. But do you know what they do? You brought him out. Oh, hey, pastor, you are so now. Thank you. He takes off. Do you know it is atrocity in heaven? You get to a church. That church is what helped you, worked out, whatever. After they have helped you, you vanish. You are now looking for where their music industry is better. Why don't you go and join the choir and help to improve the quality of music ministration? You see what people do? Human beings are just selfish. 
Oh, look at what this man is doing. Such a nice man. He's helping the people that have fallen. Hundred people are in the pit. You are among the first three to come out, but you have all taken off. But there are still 97. You are supposed to join the line and help the man to pull the rope. So, you see, that's what you must do. You don't teach them, just help them to get, collect whatever they need. You teach them social responsibility. So, you see, you need power, you need resources, and you need social responsibility if you're going to be a deliverer. You see, you need power, you need resources, and you need compassion. But compassion is not enough. It is when compassion is mixed with commitment, you have social responsibility. Social responsibility means you are committed to doing something about the sufferings of the people, not just feel pity for them. You are committed to doing something. Compassion is when you are moved with people's infirmity to the point that it makes you do something. Pity is that you just fell for them, but you walked away. So, as people who are into good works, let men see you. You must constantly be recruiting more people and be doing advocacy so that more people will understand what you are doing and be joining you. You can have a website, people are contributing so that this thing does not wear you up because being wary in well-doing happens a lot. And sometimes the people don't come back to say thank you. Look at Jesus. He said that where there are no ten lepers healed, is only one that came to say thank you. That's how human beings are. They just take off. But you see, kingdom equity is that God helped you so you can start helping others. God has blessed you so you can be a blessing. God has empowered you so you can start empowering others. Kingdom ideology is that you are delivered to become a deliverer. You are saved to become a savior. You are not to come and receive the grace of God in vain. You've received it, forgiven by him, so you can forgive others. Saved by him, so you can start saving others. Even if you don't learn any other thing, learn not to be at ease in Zion. Don't be idle in the kingdom. Get involved in that movement to help redeem others. Like that man pulling people out of the pits. He said, if you look at human nature, there are hundred people in the pit. You want to pull them. If you are not careful, 50 of them will grab the rope because they want to come out fast. Inequity can set in if the process of collecting the list is lopsided. You know, like election, somebody in power, maybe a pastor or one person in that department can rig that election. It happened in Acts chapter 6. There was complaint against the Jewish people because their Jewish brethren were getting more of this system welfare than the Greeks. They kept the... So discrimination, you see, inequality. Now, based on discrimination, there is diversity. Now, this time it is tribal or racial basis for doing that. 
discrimination. Other time it's based on sex or based on. You see, we can't do equality. Want to run in the field. We put 80 year old and put young people. That is injustice because you think everybody's equal. Everybody's not. And so when the apostles got the news of what is going on inside church again, they now brought seven men that have integrity that, and created a multiracial group that can administer this thing. You know, the things I teach is to help us get the understanding of how to not only administer even internal issues for God's people, but also as each one of us gets opportunity or is given power or is blessed with resources or whatever so that we know what to do with society. Go to that First Timothy chapter 5, verse 3. Do you see? Honor widows that are widows indeed. Do you see? Balancing acts. Just because somebody lost her husband doesn't mean they should come and be disturbing the church. You will see certain people eliminated in this list. I'll read it for you. If somebody is young, come on, my dear. You got married, something happened, a year two. That will not happen to you in Jesus' name. Amen. But it happens. These are realities of life. And a husband is dead. You come to church and take the position of a widow. God said you should near God's church to come and beg. You should go and get a job or get remarried. That's why you are still young and beautiful. You have a lot of men that will want to get your hand and marry you. So don't come and be disturbing God's church. To join the welfare program in the church as a widow. Age-wise, you must be a minimum of 60 years. That means you are an elderly person. That means by age now, you are in that disadvantaged group. Because you are not in your prime when you can use your energy and work and help yourself. If you are younger, go and get something doing. You see? There are other considerations. God bless you. Mana, come. Uh, and it happens that you find yourself in this kind of situation. This is drama. You're just acting. You're in this kind of situation. But you are, the boundary to join is 60 years. You are even 75. You are elderly, very well. So you qualify. But you have children that have gone to school, grown, and all that. Don't come and disturb the church. Go home. Let your children take care of you. Do you see balancing the thing? So that at the end of the day, we know who are the, re the ones that are really in need. They don't understand. We are addressing the imbalances. He should come because he has lost his father, but he is wealthy. He's not the one God is talking about. And come because he knows what he feels to join to finance such department. When it comes to giving, that other money reserved for good works. You should find out of the differences in DC, we have about 70. We're trying to expand it to 120 different kinds of social intervention. You should find something that moves you. Put your money in it. 
So just because you are 80 or 70 or whatever, does not mean you qualify. Or a husband is no more there. No. You have your children. They are grown. They are everywhere. They are the ones that should take care of their parents. Okay, God bless you. If any, any widow have children or nephew, you see it, not just children, no. Let them learn first to show piety at home and to requite their parents, take care of their parents, for that is good and acceptable before. You see where they got that a charity must begin where? Verse 5. Now, she that is a widow indeed, there are also qualifications. Number one, desolate. You know what you mean? They are really alone, no? They trust in God. They are believers. They continue in supplication and prayer. You are a widow. Join prayer department. It is widows that pray down heaven because God listens to them. You see, there's something you need to know about God. Jesus was the one talking. He said, let the little children come. For of such is the kingdom of God. What he was telling them, he said in heaven, the angels of children are the ones that God attend to first. If my angel comes with requests in heaven, he will get first-hand attention. Do you know why? Because I'm involved in ministry, not just myself. I'm carrying a lot of other people's need. That's why my prayer gets heard faster than some of you. If you get involved and take responsibilities for others, you shift yourself to the front. That's how the kingdom of Israel quit it. Jesus said, if you start confessing me before men, and we confess you before my father and his angels, they'll move you to the front. Because you are dealing with sick people, you are dealing with people with a lot of problems. That's why. But if you look at the social system, the children that are helpless, their own angels get faster attention than adults. They will attend to the adults, but this one first. Can you imagine? We were in a program, and one of the ladies got a call. Little child, a little baby jumped down from a three-story building, climbed the stair, I mean, the, the whatever, and jumped from it. So, some other brethren joined her and rushed. They were going to go and get a dead baby. When they got there, they rushed the baby to the hospital and they got there. Nothing was wrong. They discharged and gave her back her baby. Nothing internal, no wound, no scratch. They are angels. You as an adult that have full set, go and try it. Three story. And where it landed was concrete. Thank God that there is a God in heaven. So when a woman loses her husband and she's really a widow, God, he said God is a husband to the widow. You know how a husband takes care of his wife that loves his wife? And he hears their supplication and gives them. That puts you in a position where you can become one of the deadliest intercessors. And that's what they teach them in the Bible. That's one of the departments they join. Be involved in supplication. You want to come and be disturbing the church. What's the value you are giving back? The people that are giving the money. Can't you be involved in prayer? Since it's your prayer that God hears faster. Be involved in praying for them and making sure that they are doing well too. If a poor man, a widow, somebody that is suffering, blesses you, ah, my God. Because you help to wipe their tears, oh, my God. If you're looking for blessing in your life, there are three sources. Either you look, 
find a way to touch God to get him to do that. Or touch a man of God, somebody that, or touch somebody that is desperately in need, that can't pay you back. Let them pronounce on, oh my God. Job was saying when he went through all the things, he said it's the blessing of he that is ready to die. The blessing of the orphans, the blessing of the widows that preserved it because he will not allow them. So, these are the kind of widows you put in your program. Yes? But add verse 6 and 7. Verse 6. She that liveth in pleasure is dead. Why? If you see this type of widow, remove them from church welfare. Eh, your widow, she has boyfriend that's coming to warn her, but let them also pay your bill. Since they know how to do the other one, they should take care of you. Don't come and disturb the church. Verse, yes, verse 8. If any provide not for his own house, that's talking about family, especially for those of his own house. That house is family. He has denied the faith. He is worse than an unbeliever. And let me say this here. Come to church, do all the things you do here. Make sure you take care of your parents. Make sure if you are married, you take care of your wife and children. You must have justice administration at the back of your mind. You must be thinking about the poor, the, the, the jobless, the youths, and all the different arms of society that are suffering. Not just for your selfish gain. Because a just and equitable society is a heaven on earth for everybody to live in. Let us bring back justice into politics. Politics without ethics is hellfire on earth. You cannot build a successful society without justice. God bless you guys.